This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Welcome to More Than Amused podcast, a podcast all about women and the arts, hosted by Stani and Sadie. Join us as we explore what it's like being a female artist, examine modern day problems, and educate ourselves and you on important and forgotten female artists of the past. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is More Than Amuse, and I'm Sadie. And I'm Stani, and this is our bonus episode. If you're new here, what we do each month, or I guess every other month at this point for mm-hmm. our bonus episodes is we choose a book that we read and discuss and also recommend because we've found some really great books. But the books we've had have all been about arts, women, feminism, and we've talked about this before, but I am accumulating quite the collection of of books. Like I I have a beautiful bookshelf now. I love it. I have all of the ones for the podcast on my like entry table, like in this stack. Mm -hmm. And every time I get to add a new one, I just feel so cool about it because it's like this little feminist art library that we get to accumulate and I love it. I love it too. And this month, We read When Women Invented Television by Jennifer Armstrong. The subtitle is like the untold story of the female powerhouses who pioneered the way we watch today. I loved this book. Same. I really, really, really loved this book. I think like this has been my favorite one we've done since More Than a Muse. I agree. Yeah. Because it just, ah, it was just so incredible. (laughs) Uh Well, I feel like this book is doing exactly what we're doing with our podcast, you know, where Mm -hmm. it's pointing out the ways that women actually paved the way in industries and talking about the fact that like no one really gives these women the credit that they absolutely deserve and it highlights four different women throughout the book Mm -hmm. and like I mean obviously we're such a big fan of that and it's so crazy too that even like we've even done an episode on Betty White yes and Betty White is one of the people she highlights Mm -hmm. in this book but I learned so much about her which just goes to show her research is so incredibly thorough and like Not only do you just like learn about the basics of the woman, but I feel like she really helped you provide a sense of who they were. Yes. You know? Uh Uh-huh. The four women that she covered were Erna Phillips, who invented soap operas, pretty much. Like, first pioneered them on radio and then moved them over to television and continued them for years and years and years. Gertrude Berg, who is the inventor of the family sitcom on television. So cool. Um, Yeah, her show, The Goldbergs, was like an American classic that continued forever and created the whole idea of a sitcom. And then Betty White, who of course, with her co-host, pioneered and created talk shows Mm -hmm. on television. And then Hazel Scott, who um, kind of pioneered and created the Evening Variety Show, which you don't really have as much anymore. But But I feel like that was almost like the beginning of like the American Idol and the voice, like the talent shows. Like Uh in my mind, I categorize them as like the similar thing. Like that became America's Got Talent. Yeah, I was trying to think of like a modern day example. Mm -hmm. That's perfect for it. Like it was... Her singing and playing the piano and then having other like musical and talent acts come on and perform with her. Yes. Mm-hmm. On their own. But 
gosh it was just so good i feel like all of these women need their own episode for sure that's what i was <laughs> thinking is like every single person yes. i'm like well we need to properly summarize them yeah in a full hour episode because there's just no way that no. in this 20 to 30 minute episode here that we're actually going to be able to summarize not a chance. Yeah, what we're doing here. And yeah, I feel like the Betty White episode that we did had a lot of that good foundation of like mm-hmm. who she was and the career that she did. But like reading into this, it was more of like the beginning of her career and really like how determined she was to like make it in television and how yes. well she did with it. And out of all of the women, I will say that I feel like Betty White probably fared the best. Yes. Um, Which I mean, to be fair, is a little unfair because (laughs) she's white and conventionally beautiful and young and compared to Hazel Scott who is a black female Mm -hmm. and Gertrude Berg who was Jewish during like a very anti-Semitism time and then Erna Phillips who also fared pretty well but during a time period when soap operas weren't given a lot of credit. I mean I feel like even still they're not so... So, yeah, I mean, like, Betty White definitely fared the best, but, like, her career and just the stuff that she did in order to accomplish it, it was really incredible to read about. I mean, they all sacrificed so much, but, like... So much! But, like, are such key parts of American culture now, you know, in the ways that they're influenced. Like, what is American television if not for family sitcoms, soap operas, talk shows, and talent shows shows. like that is basically the four pillars i mean obviously things have changed but you know what i mean (laughs) pretty big staples here and it's cool because i feel like a lot of the times we've talked a ton about how women often are the first into a new artistic medium and then Mm -hmm. the men come in and take over and the women are soon forgotten and I don't know, we've talked about it with so many different artistic mediums, but a lot of the times Mm -hmm. we forget that that definitely happened with more modern influence as well. It's like the internet and television. Like women were the first ones who went, hey, these low budget sets with these time slots that nobody wants. What if we did this? Mm -hmm. And then they were the ones who were able to make it like possible for everyone else to follow in their footsteps and to do things like the tonight show and mm-hmm. <laughs> like orange is the new black and you know like friends and all these sitcoms and dramas and everything that just wouldn't have been possible if these four women wouldn't have gone i bet i could do something on that television yeah. time slot well because like you mentioned that like they always have to go to the newer medium because they don't have a way to step into the older medium because mm-hmm. a lot of these women some of them had pretty successful radio careers, but yeah. to continue the momentum that they wanted and to reach the levels of success, like there was almost like, I don't know, what's the word? Like structures already put in place in those, you know, mediums. And so breaking into those career fields or like breaking the glass ceiling, I guess, even more was that much more difficult. So if you can't, you know, if you can't go up where you already are, try somewhere different and yeah, they did and they did it worked it worked really well <laughs> i think the two who had the most successful radio careers were erna phillips with her soap opera radio shows and then gertrude mm-hmm. berg who did her like goldberg's show on the radio the fact that she would have like 15 minute shows every single day yeah th- th- and she would write the scripts for them by hand 
by the way. <laughs> oh, yes, that's true. By <laughs> hand. <laughs> Which, and didn't it mention that she had, like, horrible handwriting? So, like, yeah. she had to have very someone very specific, like, be her scribe because, <laughs> because no one would know what she was doing. But, like, I'm like, the amount of content that you are creating. And mm-hmm. another cool thing to kind of change the subject of something that these women did was they, like, changed the way or, like, they implemented advertising a lot. <gasps> yes. And they were the ones who were like the innovative ones that were like, well, what if instead of doing an ad in the middle of the show, we do product placement? Mm -hmm. We have the characters using the products. You know what I mean? And almost like having that be a part of the show is the fact that they're using this thing and having that like double as an ad. And it was these women's idea like Mm -hmm. it was it was literally Gertrude Berg yes it was Gertrude Berg Mm -hmm. she did uh coffee ads for her Goldberg show and yeah the instant coffee into it and that was the beginning of product placement like literally Mm -hmm. that's everywhere still like it's in everything (laughs) like now product placement is I feel like the main effective way of advertising yeah I actually prefer it over commercials Mm -hmm. or anything else people don't like to feel like they're being advertised too so it's perfect I am totally fine with it. Have you seen the Truman Show? Actually, I haven't. Oh, Sadie. I know. I know. Every time I get that question, I'm like, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I need to. I need to watch I think it. It's still on Netflix. I know. It's yeah. yes. I will get around to okay, it. I promise. Good. Every time I think of product placement, I think of the Truman Show because like he doesn't know his life is being filmed, right? Like that's the premise. Yes. Mm-hmm. And but then like his wife like his tv wife will be like and that's why we use this and like turns uh-huh. in and cameras and it always cracks oh. me up because he's like okay but anyway yeah it was just crazy to think of a time period before product placement but when everything was on the radio they didn't really have to well that's what yeah. i was gonna say like i think that's it's so cool that women were able to step into this new medium and be so innovative because I mean, the reality is like these radio shows, they made a ton of money and they had to figure out a way for the TV programs to make the same amount of money. What I thought was interesting is like them mentioning just how expensive and like how rare it was at first for like the typical, you know, American family to have a television in their home. And they also like brought up like the problem with like a lot of women would just be at home all day and they would just listen to the radio kind of like while they were doing their house cleaning or like while they were doing things, they would, you Mm -hmm. know, listen to the radio. But suddenly the TV there was a whole new problem where you had to get them to stay there and watch the entire time, which I was like, oh, like, I guess that would be, I mean, now I think we're almost like reverting back to now we go back and just listen to podcasts (laughs) all the time so that we can go about our days. And like, welcome to our radio show. (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, this podcasting is basically just the modern day (laughs) radio show so that we can do our chores, but Mm -hmm. not feel alone, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Um, No, definitely. It, it's super interesting just like hearing about how they transformed over into that new medium. I think one of the craziest ones is like Betty White and like the birth of the talk show. Yes. How, what was it before that they were doing? I think they were kind of like a... Like they were playing music. Yes. So they were really like the commentary between the music that they were choosing to play. Yes. But then people were like, no, we just want to hear them talk. Like yeah. we don't want to hear the music. And they so they got mad every time it would mm-hmm. cut and they would start talking and the mics were off and they couldn't hear them. Yes. And so yeah. the audience was like, no, we just want to know what they're saying. Yeah, we don't like, care about the music. Out. And uh-huh. so they still did some musical acts, but it pretty much turned into like a daytime talk show 
which are still around today i feel like some have been getting canceled recently but like daytime talk shows for them just to barely start being canceled when they started in the the 40s and 50s like that's a long run what i thought was crazy too about that talk show is that it literally was like hours and hours every day and that it was mostly just improv yeah like wasn't there it was like just them five just talking hours every yeah day? i think it was five hours every single day just two of them talking yeah which oh that's a lot the amount of hours that betty white worked i think it had it towards the end of the book but it was talking about how they wanted to have her do this other job and they were like oh but it'll be like eight hours a day and she was like i've been working 33 hours like every oh my like gosh. couple of days i think it wasn't like every day but she was doing like these insane amounts because she would have like her daytime talk show and then they started like an evening commentary kind of thing and then they also had like a weekend thing that she was doing and she basically just never said no to any opportunity Mm -hmm. that ever passed her way and ended up like working insane hours but I mean like it lots of success came from it so a lot of success but yeah I know that's what I was thinking and I remember just reading that and just being like every single day and like I'm like, the amount of times, like, I would just be so paranoid. Like, I'm going to say something stupid. And like, mm-hmm. but the bits that they would go on, like, obviously they just, people loved them, you know? Yeah. There was one story about how she forgot her lines a lot on the My mm-hmm. Life with Elizabeth show that they got to star in. She had like a fake husband and she was the wife and it was kind of like a My I Love Lucy deal but she forgot her lines and so did her co-star and so he left her on the stage to go figure out what they were supposed to say next Uh and she was sitting there for like 10 minutes by herself in this like fake restaurant in front of a live television audience i i'm pretty sure oh yeah because that was the thing like these tv shows were live yeah it wasn't pre-recorded and it wasn't just like oh done in front of a live audience like no it was broadcasted live, live on television <laughs> them acting <laughs> yes and so she started playing with the salt and pepper shakers and like making them dance and the audience was like cracking up about it she didn't say anything for like 10 minutes while she waited but they said her physical comedy was impeccable that it was like it was just it didn't have yeah to, and it was an indication of like how important television was becoming as a new medium because you couldn't have done that on a radio show no yeah I mean, <laughs> you have to be speaking on the radio show <laughs> yeah it was also cool how it brought in like lucille ball because i think a lot yeah. of people think of her when they think of television and even though she wasn't one of the four that i mentioned the fact that it brought up that the reason why I Love Lucy was such a successful thing was because they came up with the idea of recording it on film in front of a live studio audience. So it was filmed and then preserved in film, which was super expensive, and they paid for it. Oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. they took a pay cut in order to pay for But that's why the shows lasted on. Because that's what I was like, Yeah, why don't we have like the Goldbergs and things like that? Because they weren't recording these things. No, they had like really crappy recordings of some of them, but they were not filmed on film and preserved Mm -hmm. the way that like I Love Lucy was. And that's why I Love Lucy is still around. You can buy a box DVD set. And she made so much money off of that because they were able to do reruns. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. So it made up the difference. But like before that happened, like that's one of the reasons why that show has stood the test of time is because it was recorded. But before mm-hmm. that, there were like tons of shows by other women that we just don't have any record of. Yeah. And what a tragedy, too. I know. Because I'm sure it would be so fun <laughs> to be able to like see these. 
Yeah. The worst one was like the Hazel Scott show. They oh, talked yes. about how like whoever bought the rights to her show, they said it was like the recordings were rubbish and they went and dumped them off the coast of New York into the river. <sighs> so dramatic. I know. And they said it's still like a rumor, but I I believe it. So didn't we talk about someone that... I was just going to say, I'm like, there was somebody else that... We talked about... The, the recordings were, like, dumped. Dumped in the river. Who was it? I don't know, but I was trying to remember because I was like, I fully believe it because we just talked... Anna Mae Wong. Oh, yes, yes. It was Anna Mae Wong. Another woman of color whose television show got dumped oh. in a river. So, oh, yeah. I mean, then. I fully believe that they probably did the same to Hazel Scott's television show as well. I thought it was just cool too. I mean, to kind of go back of like, I've obviously always grown up with a television in my home. It wasn't a new thing. Granted, I have seen it transition and change a lot, even just in my (laughs) short lifetime. But I I thought it was just cool. I mentioned that like, like one of the issues was them having to capture the attention of people instead of just having it be like something they passively listen to. But just like learning and reading about all of the different challenges that, you know, breaking into this medium mm-hmm. was. I know one thing that was super surprising to me was like the communist scares and like the blacklisting that happened. Like Gertrude Berg's show, her co-star that played her TV husband, like was accused of being a communist. And so he yeah. lost his job and like she fought for it as long as she could. But at the end of the day, it was either the show died or like she had to hire someone else. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was insane. Hazel Scott was accused of being a communist for like a really long time as well. It also talked about Lucille Ball, who was accused of being a communist. Yeah, I did not know that. Yes, because she had actually registered as a communist when she was younger. Um, She said because of the wishes of her grandfather. But she was able to get away with it because she was making enough money that as long as she denied it, then they let her continue. That would be fine. Yeah, even though so many others tried to deny it and they never were able to counteract like the losses that they got from it. Also, I am admitting my own ignorance here, but like learning about the like anti-Semitism, you know, and the fact that people were like not sure if they would want such like an obviously Jewish family on TV that it's like you think of anti-Semitism and you definitely think of like certain parts of history but to like read and learn like oh like that was still like oh don't worry that was very American too it's like nice okay which it's just crazy I'm always disappointed (laughs) I know well it's crazy to me because I struggle to think of a single TV show that doesn't have a Jewish character now Mm -hmm. and yet common yeah it's really common and yet like reading about how they didn't believe that Seinfeld would be successful because it was too New York and too Jewish and yeah and all this other stuff like it's it's literally Seinfeld (laughs) yeah like those are some of the best known longest running shows that there were as the like core of this Jewish audience and to have that like anti-Semitism there is just insane I was so surprised I mean, hold on. I was not so surprised because at this point, I mean. I know. After doing this <laughs> podcast, like how Yeah, after really doing be? this podcast, I'm, I'm unfortunately not very surprised. But like, <laughs> it was just interesting to read about the ways that they were so concerned about those being portrayed in the media. And I, you know, I was just, I was ignorant to that. Yeah. So it was no, interesting to learn about. But yeah, just to like learn about how 
bad it was is always disheartening and you know like a little surprising Mm -hmm. you're like oh yeah you know i forgot how but also (laughs) it's good to remember that's actually wasn't that long ago too Mm -hmm. you know like the tv was like what the 50s 40s yeah so 40s and 50s i mean betty white just barely passed away at the beginning of this Mm -hmm. year and this was the beginning of her career so i mean yeah it was only a lifetime ago Mm-hmm. But I thought it was cool too, like how they mentioned that the ways that these women would like still manage to be progressive. Yeah. And like they couldn't really so outwardly or so obviously be, but you know, they could maybe put in and they would put in like different little plots that would just kind of like make you sympathetic to different characters and like the mm-hmm. things that they were going through and, you know, kind of attempt to like teach lessons and also yes. like introduce people to, you know. I don't know, different ways of thought. <laughs> yeah, different situations and ideas. I really loved how it talked about, like, Erna Phillips and just, like, how much flack she got for, like, the storyline she created and the dramatization yeah. of it all because it was soap operas and someone, like, literally saying, I don't understand why we even still have these. Like, they're so outdated. And then people are like, well, maybe he didn't realize that he's not the core audience <laughs> member. It brought up the fact that, like, women were the main consumers. And, like, at that time, and it still continued today, that, mm-hmm. like, people refused to see women as, like, the mass media market that they are. Mm-hmm. And the power of their buying power that women have and, like, the tuning and power and everything like that. Like, I feel like it's starting to be recognized that, like, the women were the ones that were at home all day, you know? So, so they like, were the ones that were, like... Yes. They they had to cater to the television shows to women because if they didn't, they wouldn't have been successful. Yeah. And even, like, Betty White's show, how her viewership went down so dramatically once they pushed it to the 4 o'clock spot because all of the women were gone picking up, like, stuff for dinner or getting their kids from school at that time period and so they weren't watching anymore and Mm -hmm. yeah just that like those women were the ones that were at home watching the television and so these shows were all catered to them and that's why Mm -hmm. they were so successful and it's just an example of the way that people think that if something was made for women that it is bad yeah which you know what maybe you're just not the target audience for it (laughs) yeah maybe you should consider the fact that not everything has to be made for your entertainment (laughs) yeah oh my gosh (laughs) but yeah if you are looking for an amazing book to learn about four amazing women and just the history about the transition from radio to tv and just so many cool just charming stories also in the middle there's like a bunch of like cool pictures yeah that i just absolutely loved so also, definitely go check it out like just a shout out to the graphic design of this the cover of this book oh alone. i love the cover stunning absolutely stunning oh man it was such a good one like i yeah sometimes with our book of the month picks it takes a little bit to like read through them because they can be like a little dry you know, little, like we're reading like, primarily full nonfiction. Full of information, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes it's a little hard. Like we're reading historical nonfiction. This one was not difficult at all to read. No, I yeah. loved this book. And admittedly, I didn't completely finish it. I'm very close. Some of the books I haven't completely finished. And I'm like, Ugh. it's hard for me to go back and be like, no, yeah. I have to finish it. This one I will be finishing mm-hmm. tonight yeah. because I just, I it's such a good book. And I learn, I'm learning so much about it. 
I loved it. I know we have like less quotes to share from this one and stuff just because oh, yeah. honestly I went through it so fast I like didn't even really like take notes. I, I didn't notate this one <laughs> as much no but the introduction to the book is called Introduction Bold Claims because you know what a bold claim to say when women invented television and to say yeah. all this and it's a good introduction into everyone that she talks about but also like yes that she is saying what she's saying. What I love is this quote is as I rooted around in this era i found still more women whose contributions to the medium not to mention their liberated lives should have made them household names still known today but were largely lost to footnotes and Mm. that is just an ever-occurring theme in our podcast of women who made such incredible contributions into their art field and they're they're not household names obviously betty white she has cemented herself as a household name but (laughs) Those other women made just as significant contributions to the way that television is still being consumed today. So, yeah, at the very end, she actually ends up talking about Betty White towards the very end, obviously, because Betty White lived a very long very life. Long time. Yeah, mm-hmm. when the rest of them had already passed away, she was still continuing her career. <laughs> She just ends it with, it's time we remembered Betty White is more than the sassy old lady who still got it. She was also one of television's first female producers and foundational contributor to the medium who fought patriarchal expectations at every turn. Just as we have recently uncovered the historical importance of World War II's female codebreakers and the black female hidden figures whose math prowess helped launch the U.S. space program, it's time we also remembered White sisters who along with her built the medium that now dominates our lives. Just because some of their earliest contributions to the medium have been lost erased or maybe just maybe dumped off the coast of new york city doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that they're not worth remembering it's time that we realize women invented television what a mic drop moment yes and it's so true like it may i don't know like television may not have been as like history book making as like landing on the moon or like (laughs) ending world war ii but at the end of the day like what dominates our lives more like space travel or culture the television you know yeah we all know what it is there was a quote in here too i can't i'm not gonna be able to find it but a guy who literally said that like the television would end up being more important to us than practically anything else that was ever invented and sadly that's pretty true (laughs) but also like how sad is it because in some ways like (laughs) that i feel like it unifies people because we're all watching the same tv shows and consuming the same media we're so much more readily available access to information and like sharing of things around the world like yeah obviously there's like the issues with being glued to our screens all day but like (laughs) maybe like technology and media doesn't have to be inherently bad because it is quote-unquote time wasting you know what i mean like that's what I've I have high phone screen time I admit it I'm working on it but sometimes I wonder like you know what if I didn't have such like rooted shame about every time I sit down and watch a movie or you know look up something on my phone because it's just going to make me feel happy to like decompress for a couple minutes like maybe maybe we can just like allow ourselves to enjoy the technology we have you know what I mean? I don't know. I like that. Am I making excuses for my own screen time? No, I'm acknowledging that I need to <laughs> decrease it. But you know what I mean? That there is a benefit and media in itself and media that just makes us happy isn't automatically a bad thing that we shouldn't be partaking in, you know? <laughs> no, I like that. That's very true. Because yeah, it definitely, it's become such a major part of like American culture and society that mm-hmm. at some point, you know, we just have to accept that 
it's there and that there's yeah. good and bad with it just as there is with everything else <laughs> and yeah yeah and it definitely has made the world a very different but definitely. I mean probably a better place because more voices are able to get out there and be heard than ever and before. you're just telling stories and showing yeah. different walks of life in front of you know potentially millions of people I feel like I don't know how much of a difference it actually made but I feel like there's a lot of potential for good there anyways go read this book and yes. keep in mind that like I said this is our ongoing bonus episode we do it every other month mm-hmm. give us the time to read through everything and yeah I know this I'm, one was so, so good just a reminder the book is called when women invented television and it's by Jennifer Keshen Armstrong you can buy it anywhere you buy books I'm sure and we'll be back on Monday with our mm-hmm. normally scheduled episode Yes. Actually, I think or this next one will be Tuesday. It's a holiday on Monday. Yeah. Celebrate but we'll have an episode on Tuesday. And then, yes. yeah, regularly every Monday after that. So, perfect. We will be back. Bye. Hey, podcast listener, do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today.